We are the church, and we are so glad that you are here today. Last Monday, Pastor Will talked about in part one called We Are the Church. We talked about the differences between being picked by God and sent by God. Being picked is an honor, but being sent is a responsibility. We looked at James and John who who asked Jesus if they could sit by his side when they got to heaven. They were wanting to be picked by God. But then we looked at Isaiah, who was willing to be sent by God. He said, here I am, God, send me. And we had a dream team fair last Monday at the end of our services where people could get a dream team card, which happened to be also in the seat backs of your seats today, and they had the opportunity to go check out ministry booths out in the connector area where they could find out information about a ministry, maybe ask some questions, learn a little bit more about it, and then they had a chance to mark areas on the dream team card according to their passions, things they enjoyed to do, and then turn that card in and and people that hadn't been serving anywhere yet turned that card in at the next step area where they were given a free t-shirt. So check this out. You can still do that today. It's not too late. At the end of the service, the next step area folks will be ready to connect with you. And if you'd like to check out a ministry area, or maybe you're currently serving in an area already and you weren't here last Monday and you'd like to get your Dream Team shirt, go on by there at the end of the service. Take your card with you or you can get one there and uh, fill that card out and they will be glad to give you your t-shirt and connect with a free shirt and we're just excited to know we have people at Crosspoint that want to get connected in ministry. Today, week two of We Are the Church, we're looking at this theme called In-N-Out. In-N-Out. Has anyone ever been to In-N-Out Burger before? Man, I tell you, I love In-N-Out Burger. Matter of fact, I just got to confess to you, last week getting ready for this Monday, I had to go to In-N-Out Burger about four times, okay? Four, that's right, four times to get different supplies, to ask managers about things. But you can't go to an In-N-Out Burger that makes everything fresh, you know, uh, no preservatives without getting a burger and fries. And so I got a burger and fries. I probably ate four of them. You know, I had to go back yesterday so I would have a fresh one today, okay? And um, went and got a burger and ate that burger. And man, let me tell you, these fries, oh, they are amazing fries. And you can't just eat one, but I'm just eating one, okay? And they are amazing fries. As a matter of fact, they're fries. They cook in 100% sunflower oil. They cut the potatoes fresh. A really cool deal. Well, here's the thing about in and out that God wants to work in our lives so he can work through our lives and touch people all around us in the community that we live in. God is an amazing God, and he cares for you greatly. And, and let me ask you a question. When you think of the word community, what comes to your mind? I get reminded when I think of the word community about something that happened to me a few weeks ago when I was walking in the community. I was on a Friday morning. I was talking to my friend Ken, and for about 45 minutes, I was on my walk and did some hills at this ditch. I work on some, some leg muscle things there. I had a running injury years ago, so I do that, do that 
that ditch there, work on the leg muscles. I was walking back, walking up Borkfeld Road, just talking to my friend Ken, having a great time, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, a police car turned around in front of me, and I waved to him like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'll be friendly and wave, you know, to a civil police officer. And, and then, but I noticed he stopped. And then he got out of his car. And then another police car pulled up. And then I'm starting to get a little nervous. Okay. He got out of his car. Well, I happen to be one of the chaplains for the church police department, so I know some of the area police officers. One of the guys gets out, hey, Corey. And then the other guy in the first car says, hey, um, we got a phone call that someone dressed like you walking up Borefield Road past the school maybe possibly could be Hispanic, because some people sometimes think I'm Hispanic, and he actually said that. <laughs> and he said, shot off a gun. And I'm thinking, I ain't got no gun, okay, on me. And uh, they said, do you mind if we pat you down? And I'm thinking, I've never been patted down before by a police officer. And, of course, seen it plenty of times. So he's like, you know, put your hands on the car. So I went to get my phone because I'm still talking to my friend Ken, okay. I got my Bluetooth on. And he's like, what's going on? What's going down right now, Corey? You know, you fixing to get tased or what, you know. So I went to get my phone out of my pocket. And he goes, oh, oh, don't put your hand in your pocket, you know. So, okay, that's cool, you know. So he passed me down. By the time, there's three police cars there now, okay. <laughs> Oh, okay, you're okay, you know, well, if you see anything, let us know. I'm like, okay, thank you very much, guys, you know, have a good day. I'll pray for you today, you know, I'm finishing up my walk, you know. So then, as I leave, I start to think about, what if someone saw me, okay? (laughs) What if someone saw me? There's Pastor Corey with three police cars, and they're patting him down, you know, what's he got going on today? And, And, you know, but see, here's the truth. I begin to think about my witness, right? Because, see, God wants to work in us so he can work through us. And the things he does in us, the things we allow in our lives, can sometimes affect things on the outside. See, we're talking about this word called community today. And what community looks like, we're breaking it down. And I want to encourage you to take some notes today. And you'll find in front of you also a message note page if you'd like to use some. Or get out your tablet or phone and take some notes. Write this down. We were created for community. The most powerful description of the church in the Bible is that of community, being together. We were created for community vertically and horizontally, vertically with God and horizontally with others. See, God called us to be one with Him and one with one another. See, we can't be people of God and shut others out at the same time. I don't know if you're like me, but... When you start having challenges and difficulties and things start coming your way, what is the most natural thing for us to do? We want to isolate ourselves, don't we? Maybe we don't call that friend. Maybe we don't show up somewhere. Maybe we don't get on social media for a while. And see, that's the devil's plan. See, he's out to get each and every one of us. He wants us to isolate ourselves. But yet God says, no, insulate yourselves with other people around you. Allow him to work in you and allow him to work through you. But God's not a pushy God. He's not going to push himself into our lives. We have to be willing to receive him into our lives. We're looking at a scripture verse, Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse 25. The writer of this verse was writing to a group of Christ followers. The first century church had already started, and like many of us, we get busy, things happen in our lives, we can get discouraged, and they were, they were discouraged, and things were happening around them, so the author of Hebrews pins this out, sends this to a group of Christ followers, and this is what he says in verse 25, and let us not neglect are meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, we've all been through that time in our life where we've just said, let me just stay away, let me just go back. Well, no, Jesus said, no, you got to push in. See, I've learned that when you build a fire, when you want to get some heat, you stack the wood. You don't space the wood out in the fireplace. You stack it and you pour some fluid on it. That fluid can maybe even represent God's presence. And you light that match and then heat transpires. Well, the same thing happens in our lives. When we get together with other Christ followers, we get encouraged. And God can flow through us more freely and touch people around us. Let's look at what we need in order to experience community. If you were to ask yourself, what do I need in order to experience community? Here's three things. First of all, we need a clear identity. Having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ gives you a clear identity to our Creator. It puts us together. It puts us in a category. When we give our lives to Christ, if we confess Him as our Lord and Savior, we become part of God's global community. See, here's the cool thing. Jesus doesn't accept us on the basis of our standing as Americans or whatever country we may be from or our political views or our view of the Bible or a title we might tag on ourselves or any other topic that some would like to make an issue out of. See, we don't have to look alike. We don't have to walk alike. We don't have to smell alike to be in the same family. The man was right when he said we can be brothers or sisters without being twins. See, our clear identity is that we belong to Jesus and each other. Here's the second thing we need. We need a consistent purpose. So often our purpose can get lost in the midst of living because we get so busy. Can anyone relate to getting busy? There's an old saying that goes like this. If Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because when you get busy, you get disconnected this way vertically, and we get disconnected from others horizontally. God has a unique purpose for each of us individually and then corporately together, and we can discover our purpose in community with other people. So we need a clear identity. We need a consistent purpose. Number three, we need a credible church family. We need a place to call home, a place to belong where we can fit and find someone like ourselves, a place where we can be embraced and, and loved and guided with the truths of God. The first century church provides the perfect model for community. And just kind of recapping Acts chapter 2, 37 through 41, what we see happening here is after Jesus ascended into heaven, right in front of the disciples and other followers' eyes, they were waiting for him to send his invisible presence back. And then when it happened, they called it the day of Pentecost. And the author of Acts wrote about it. It was an amazing day. People were gathered together in, in these areas of the town. God's presence came. 
Peter saw an opportunity, he got up and began to tell people about how they could have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He, he talked with people about what Jesus came to do and, and what his purpose was for their lives. And many people felt conviction in their life. They realized we had sin. Sin is simply to miss the mark. They realized they'd missed the mark. And, and they, had, they needed a void filled in their lives. And they cried out to Peter, what shall we do? And, and Peter talked to them about how they could begin a relationship with Christ and receive Christ into their lives. And, and here's the cool thing in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. This is what we read. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 people in all. So 3,000 people became Christ followers and took a next step in baptism. How cool is that? Man, wouldn't it be great if we had a Sunday baptism of 3,000 folks here at Crosspoint? Wouldn't it be cool? See, here's the truth. There's nothing too hard for God, right? He can do anything. But what it takes is us working together in community. God is an amazing God. Write down this definition of real community. Here's what real community is. Real community equals a group of people who share a common identity and purpose who genuinely care about one another and feel they are better together. It's a great biblical example of what God wants to do in and through our lives. And we see that happening in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, where we continue reading, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all of the people. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So as God worked in them, He worked through them, and they added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, that's God's big plan. That's His purpose. He rescues us. We begin a relationship with Him in our shape, what our passions are, whatever they are in our natural self, and who God created us to be unique and different from everyone else. And God desires to flow through you to touch the world around you. See, that's His big heart, and, and that's His big plan. I don't know about you, but in my life, I believe that, you know, I face challenge and difficulties. Anyone else agree with that? We face challenges and difficulties in our lives. And God desires to take us individually and, and work a move in our lives together. See, He has a big plan for each one of us. We all face challenges and difficulties that can make hermits out of us and drive us into hiding. I want to encourage you to write this down. Christ distributes courage in community. He dissipates doubts through fellowship. You know, he never deposits all knowledge into one person, but he distributes pieces of the jigsaw puzzle to many. 
Now, see, here's the cool thing. When you begin to interlock together, when you begin to connect together, God begins to show his power in a very real way in our lives. Because in that connecting together, in that journey together, we begin to share our understanding. We begin to share our discoveries. We, we mix and mingle together. We confess and pray. And here's the cool thing. Christ speaks. He begins to speak in our lives. And then God begins to unfold his bigger picture, his bigger plan for our lives. But what does it take? It takes community. We need to be in community with other people. And when we get in community with other people, he begins to show his power in a very real way. Because that's who God is. That is his big plan in each of our lives. Because God is a big God. He's a caring God. He's a loving God. So let's look at five things done better together in community. Number one, we fellowship better. We discover in the Bible that we were formed for fellowship, and obviously we can't fellowship by ourselves, can we? It takes at least two people. Community doesn't happen automatically, and joining a church doesn't guarantee fellowship in our lives. You can attend church services your entire life and still feel lonely and disconnected. But fellowship is something we, that we have to learn how to do in our lives. It has to be intentionally cultivated in our lives. The Greek word for fellowship in the Bible is kononia. It simply means being as committed to each other as we are to Jesus Christ. It means getting below the surface and talking about the real issues of our lives, the real challenges of our lives. When you're committed to someone, man, things begin to happen in our lives. We hang in there. We, we push through. We get through the challenges around us, and God shows his power. So looking back at verse 42 in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to, to, the, to fellowship. They devoted. When I think of the word devoted, I think all in. How about you? Devoted, it's not just, okay, I'm 90% in today. Hey, I'm, you're a loser today. I'm 40% in, okay? I'm 50%. No, devoted is all in. We're going to press in. We're not going to isolate. We're not going to separate. We're going to push in, and we're going to push through and watch what God will do. Watch what he has in store. See, that's the kind of fellowship that the first century church had. They didn't give up. They weren't perfect people. They had challenges, hang-ups, but they didn't give up. And God showed his power in a great way. But see, here's the amazing thing about the fellowship they had. The amazing thing is, is they were all so different. So culturally diverse. They weren't from the same place. They didn't look the same. They didn't act the same. They had different habits, different hang-ups, different cultural backgrounds. The first century church was a massive, culturally diverse group of people. But yet they had everything in common that mattered. They had their identity in Christ. 
You may be here today thinking, well, Corey, I'm not sure if I have that identity in Christ yet established. I'm not sure if I have that relationship with him that one is going yet. Well, hey, at the end of our services today, uh, our care team would be down front. They'd be glad to talk with you about that or someone at our next step area. We'd be glad to talk to you about how you can lock in that relationship and, and have a greater meaning to that fellowship that in, inside of you that God wants to do so he can work through you. So we fellowship better together. But a, a great place to start for you fellas, hey, a great place to start is our Forge um, event this next Sunday. We got a really great event happening, Forge Selection Sunday. It's in the connection. You can get your connection there, check it out. Forge Selection Sunday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Talks about it in there. It's a great way for some men to connect, meet some other men. Man, you don't got to get in a group discussion right there and share all your secret sins and all your challenges. You just get together and hang out. You begin to take a next step into building a relationship with some other folks. And uh, let me tell you, any fellas like to eat in here? Brisket chili. We're not talking about hamburger chili. Brisket chili. It's going to be good. You don't even have to know anything about basketball to come. They're going to be choosing brackets, having some fun with that. I don't know anything about college basketball, but I'm going to go and have some fun with it. But here's the cool thing is you're going to make a connection. So, so turn the person next to you and say, tell someone about the 4G event, okay? And get connected because it's going to help you in your life, men. We need to be connected. So the next one is we grow better together. Number two, we grow better together. Just as your hand can't grow if it's severed from your body, you can't grow spiritually if you're detached from fellowship with a local body of believers. We discover in the Bible that we're the body of Christ. Every member of the body is an important, necessary part for the body to function as it, as it was designed to do. Some people think that the only way to be holy or righteous is to live in isolation. Become a hermit in a cave so you won't be stained by humanity. But Jesus, the most holy person who ever lived among us, he lived in the middle of our problems. He comforted the poor. He hung out with the outcast. He touched lepers. He associated with people with all kinds of hang-ups and bad habits. Religious leaders called him the friend of sinners, which was a derogatory term. But Jesus considered it evidence of his love. And it's only in community that we learn life's most important lesson, learning how to love. Without relationships, we'll never be able to develop patience, unselfishness, forgiveness, and all the other Christ-like qualities that God wants us to possess. But when you arm shoulders to people, when you get in community, we all got to give some, don't we? We all got something to offer. We all got to give. And when we do, God works in amazing ways. See, one thing you might want to consider doing is connecting with one of our journey teams here at Crosspoint, a great place where you can grow together with another group of people. We have journey teams. They meet in homes during the week, and we have one that meets on Sunday afternoon. We have others that meet during the week. We offer free child care. There are small groups of adults, no more than 12 people per group. They get a chance to go over the previous um, Monday talk together. We have this cool thing called the toolbox where we give out application questions and we recap the message notes. And then that toolbox has a link to our YouTube channel 
where you can watch last Monday's message there. It has some other helpful links. You can sign up for the toolbox by simply texting toolbox, that keyword toolbox, to 555-888 and get it sent to you without even being in a journey team yet. But our journey teams walk through those questions. They share together. They pray together. And they do life together. They care for one another. Normally, JTs last about two hours. But here's another cool thing, free child care. Bonnie and I lead a journey team for young married couples. They love that free child care, okay? And they, they take advantage of that. Well, we even offer free child care. We don't want anything to keep you from getting involved in group life. You can do that today by even marking on the back of a connection card and turning it in. Just put your name and, and email and phone number down or, or going to the next step area. We can help introduce you to a journey team and help you find one that you would fit with best during the week. So we fellowship better together, we grow better together, and number three, we serve better together. There are many benefits for serving God together instead of by yourself. We compensate for each other's weaknesses. We're more efficient. We, we multiply our effectiveness. We can defeat bigger problems. We can support each other when we're tired or discouraged. Did you know that your talents are not for your benefit? That God gave them to you to benefit others. And he gave others talents to benefit you. That way, no one can arrogantly claim that we're completely self-sufficient. God wants us to depend on him vertically. And he wants us to depend on others horizontally to accomplish his great plan of us helping spread his hope, the good news of a relationship with Jesus Christ to others out throughout the world. As he works in us, he wants to work through us. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, we read, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. We fellowship better together. We grow better together. We serve better together. Number four, we worship better together. Worshiping together increases our joy. It enlarges our perspective. It helps others to believe, and it guarantees God's presence in our midst. We read in Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus' words, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Man, that is super encouraging. While it's true that God is always with us, there's a unique and powerful sense of His presence that can only be enjoyed and experienced in community with other believers. When we worship with other believers, it helps us to see beyond ourselves and our own problems. You know, worship is simply loving God back. But when you love God back with other Christ followers, other, other folks, man, you get inspired and you get so much more encouraged. And number five, we reach out better together. Paul pins out in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. He says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Wow. God expects us to partner in sharing the good news with others. 
we go back and recap Acts 2, verse 47, the very end of that, 42 through 47, after God was doing so much in people's lives, what began to progress was what happened through their lives. And looking at verse 47 again, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. God is a big God. You know, there's much more to the background of the in and out story. How in and out Burger got started. See, it started with one man that had a dream. And here's the amazing thing. He was a World War II veteran. He got out of World War II. Harry Snyder was his name. When he was sitting in a coffee shop in Seattle, Washington, this beautiful lady came up in the coffee shop. Her name was Esther. It was history after that. They got married some months later in 1947, and in 1948, they moved to California. And his big dream, his passion, was to start a hamburger restaurant, but totally different from the norm hamburger restaurants. He wanted to have a drive-through where people could come in, receive some food, some nourishment, which, by the way, they don't use preservatives in their food. They had the same simple menu today in 2019 that they started with in 1948. They don't use preservatives at all. If, if I wanted to take a bite of that hamburger, I'm not sure how good it would taste because I just got it last night, but it's not that old. I'm not biting it, though. But the amazing thing is, is they did something different. And they took their passion and they worked it out. Well, Harry passed away in 1987, and his son took over. And when his son took over, his son, Richard, was a Christ follower. And when his father um, passed away, they had 18 stores. But now today, after his son took over, and now his, now his son's daughter is running the business, they have over 300 stores. But here's the amazing thing. He wanted to live out his faith through his passion, his skills and abilities, where he was in his work environment. So they started putting scripture text on the bottom of the cups, John 3, 16. They started putting scripture text on the hamburger wrappers, scripture text on the milkshake um, containers. And they begin to get out the message of the good news of Jesus to the world. Through his passion. Do you know God wants to work through you like that? Wherever you live, wherever you work, whatever community that you work in, whatever hobbies you have, interests you have, sports you enjoy, God wants to use what he's done inside of you to transfer through you out into the greater community around you to make an impact, to make a difference. But here, here, here's another amazing thing they did. His son at Christmas time in, in uh, 1987. They had this jingle that they, they played on the radio for, 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 for many years, and they had this song, and this, this jingle was simply in and out. That's what a hamburger is all about. Then, he'd, then they switched it around at Christmas that year. He remade the jingle, and this is what it said. In and out, wouldn't you like salvation in your life? That's what it's all about. And it played on radio stations all over Los Angeles in Christmas, at Christmas 1987. 
struck up a lot of controversy, a lot of challenges. He was interviewed by a journalist, and, 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 and he said, it was never Snyder's intention to offend, according to one journalist. But here's what he said. If I went up to heaven and saw Jesus, I didn't want him to think that I'd been too afraid of what people might think not to spread his word. So he put scripture text out. Do you know, do you know to this day, that jingle is played on several Los Angeles radio stations every Christmas in California? Isn't that cool? God is an amazing God, but the more amazing thing is he wants to use you. See, God wants to work in and through you. And one way that we can do that, one way we can reach out together is by inviting people to check out a service here at Crosspoint. See, in your seat back, you have a card. And I want to encourage you to take this card out just for a moment. It has our in and out theme on one side. And on the back side, it has Crosspoint's evangelism strategy and an invite card. Our evangelism strategy here at Crosspoint is super simple. And here's what it is. I want to encourage you to write this down on your card. Invite, invite, and invite. It's super simple. See, we're, we work very hard here at Crosspoint, very intentional about every part of our service, every ministry that we do. So when people come, when people come and, and they don't yet have that relationship with Christ established, we can help you share with them how they can have that vertical kind of connection with their Creator so they can ultimately live out God's plan for their life horizontally through others all around them. We'll help you. You just invite them. You know, statistics say that over 90% of people who don't normally go to church will attend church with a friend who invites them. That's pretty amazing. So we're giving you a six-week challenge, okay, six weeks. And here's a six-week challenge. For the next six weeks, we want, we want you to be thinking about who you can invite. Now, you don't have to wait till the end of six weeks to invite them, but six weeks from today is Easter. But take that time, talk about who, who you can be inviting with your family or your friends. Put this on, this is some fridge material. Put it on the fridge as a reminder of the six-week challenge. Invite, invite, invite. Take a card, give them a card. We've got this cool thing on our website called Plan Your Visit. You can send them to our website. They can click on Plan, their vi plan Your Visit. We had three Plan Your Visit families, the 930 service. We, we will actually, for a family that has kids, we'll enter them all in the computer before they ever get here. And when they get here, we already got their check-in tags all printed out. Some of y'all that come here all the time say, I want some of that, okay? But if you're already coming, it's not for you. It's for people who had not been yet. Okay, Plan Your Visit on our website. Man, we'll welcome them here. We'll even reserve a parking place for them. Because we want to help people get connected, but you're a part of that. We are so much better together. So I want to encourage you to do that because God will use it in a huge way. Another easy thing you could do is participate in our drive through prayer. We have drive through prayer the first Wednesday of the month. You don't have to pray with people in person. If that's just not your thing, hey, that's not most people's thing. But what you can do is come and hold up a sign, wave at cars. We prayed with over 50 people last Wednesday. And God worked in huge ways. The last guy we prayed with came up right at our, our ending time. Tears coming down his face. He said, my mom was just put on hospice, hospice five minutes ago. It was a big, tough word to pray for him. We're able to encourage him. We're able to love on him. And you know, the person waving that sign and praying to themselves for that person. You don't have to pray. You, you can pray in your heart and wave, wave people as they come by. God used that to draw them in. See, God wants to use you to bring people into his family, and to encourage people today. Say this after me. It's time for us to put our love into action.
it's time. I want to encourage you to write this down. Identify one next step and take it today. One next step. I don't think there's ever been a time in our history of our world where, where people have been so connected through social media and other ways, but yet are so alone at the same time. Our big dream here at Crosspoint is to reach seekers and build believers together for the kingdom of God. What's your next step? What's your next step for God to use you to help build his kingdom here and now? Lock in on it. Take it today. But remember this, the stakes are high. The devil doesn't want to lose ground. Every time you take a next step in your Christ-following journey, the devil loses ground. Things will happen. Last night in our home, our AC quit. Yesterday evening, imagine that, the hottest day of the year so far, our AC quits. With an AC guy out of the house after 9 o'clock at night, Bonnie and I were just laughing because we're used to it. I hate to say it, but get used to it, okay? Because things are going to happen, but that's okay. Because big things are happening through you and the lives of people. I want to encourage you to write this down. God's kingdom will only advance at the expense of darkness. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your presence in each of our lives. We thank you that you are a big God. We thank you that there's not one thing too difficult for you. And right now as we pray this prayer, we pray that you will help us to identify a next step in our journey and our relationship with you vertically and possibly even horizontally with other people in and out. We pray that you would meet every need in this room today. We pray right now if anyone is here today and struggling with something difficult, a pain in their life, something that's hard for them to go through. Father, we, we pray that they would feel comfortable just coming up to a, an everyday normal person, care team person at the end of the service, at the end of the song that we're going to sing together and ask for someone to pray with them or even celebrate possibly a joy with them. We pray that you'd help all of us to see to another level how we are better together. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name.